Oh, should we start our podcast by shouting out France Cafe LLC? Oh my gosh, let's do it. Tell the people. They definitely, do they even listen to podcasts? I felt like those people inside of there were so sweet and uh-huh. so actually French. Like like so the older man who French. was like running it was like, he was just so sweet. Okay, Lane and I went to this really cute cafe in Montrose, Glen, mm-hmm. like La Crescenta, La Cunada, Montrose, if you're in LA, yeah. then you know that area. If you're just looking at a map, it's like this sort of space between Burbank and Glendale, but yes. like up high. Yes, exactly. And it is called France Cafe LLC. It and even the sign. The- <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. And it's in this little strip mall. Mm-hmm. And it is actually French feeling. Yeah. And you had just gotten back from Paris, I think, uh-huh. is why we did that. And it was so delicious. So and delicious. the gentleman who worked there was so sweet. I think it's his place mm-hmm. and he made the food. Yeah, and I think it was, it was him and his wife. It's yeah. just like these two yeah. French folks back there. <laughs> but they were when so you're sweet. saying it's so cute, like I worked at a French patisserie that was like yeah. very cute, like yeah. very curated, very okay. like you go in and it feels very cozy. The the especially cute thing about this yeah. is that the visual of it kind of matched the LLC of Definitely. it more than the France Cafe like, of it. It felt like they had a great idea and almost like we could have been walking into maybe like their home and they're like, here's all the trinkets we brought back yes. from Paris. Do you uh-huh. want one? It yep. was like a lot of trinkets. Yeah, but with like – like really cute stuff. Yeah. But then with kind of like fluorescent lights and yeah. in like a strip mall it's in a strip space. mall. Yeah. Sort of like when you're like, you know where the best tacos are and you go to this weird strip mall and it's unmarked and the phone yes. number doesn't work and you go in there and there's no decor, but the tacos yeah. are perfect. Yeah. It was or like that, except Chinese that everything food. was cute. Often yeah. there's really good Chinese food in places that aren't like the most Thai. aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. It was that vibe. But French food. France Cafe LLC. <laughs> and it was so great. Yeah. I immediately after left a Google review of like, everyone needs to go. Here, this was so good <laughs> and so cute. Yeah, you got and go. weird, and that's and what's so weird. perfect about like, it. Perfectly weird, and I want them to stay in business really bad. Me too. So, so if you're in LA or you come to visit yeah. in LA, just consider it yeah. part of the podcast universe. It's like <laughs> one of the stops go. on your podcast that would be tour. So great if we got to a point where people went there and then oh. just like let us know. Yeah, like. Yep, this is our place. That's the place. Yeah. If you Guys, go there, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Okay, welcome back to another podcast. I am Jessica Hover. I'm Lane Dealing Cherland, and this is Very Good Enough, a podcast from Very Good Mothers Club. My face is still a little swollen. So for those of you who've been tracking, um, I did get some things done. And uh, then immediately after we started recording, which that's so great. The show mm. must go on. <laughs> um, but I feel like today's is better than – I'm not supposed to tell you timeline, so please don't tell anyone that I'm – Yeah. But yesterday, I was definitely much more puffy and felt it. Today feels a little more – I mean, I just told you, Eloise saw me this morning and was like, you still look weird, but not that weird. And that was like <laughs> the right answer. So just overlook that. Um, today, I'm very excited for what mm-hmm. we're talking about. As mom Jessica, like as the person living it, I feel that what we are about to talk about is some of the stuff that I think about and wonder about with my own young kids. Yeah. So I will, of course, chime in, but I also am looking to you to like 
give us the wisdom because, um, well, the topic, okay, mm-hmm. you tell us. What <laughs> is it? You. The topic today is an answer to like the kind of question, like a whole strata of questions that people ask all the time, which is basically like, how do I prepare this child for the next stage, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, my little toddler is someday going to have to go to pre-K and I want to make sure that they're really ready for that. Or my preschooler is going to school soon and I want to make sure they're ready. Or even like my baby is um, – Oh, this was a question I got, I think, just yesterday. Like, I've been nursing my baby and they bite me and I let them suck on and bite my finger because they don't have any teeth. But in a little bit, are they going to be confused when I'm like, no, don't bite other kids? Mm. So like this thing of like, how do I now prepare them for the thing that's in front of them? Mm -hmm. And um, I hope you guys like it when I just give you the spoiler right from the outside. Yeah. (laughs) Because my whole thing is like, oh, you you don't. Mm -hmm. Oh, you totally don't. You don't need to do that at all. Yeah. So – we're going to just like pull that idea apart a little bit today. I love that. I love it too. I actually, I think for me learning about this, it goes a little bit into brain development in like a very simple way, but like learning about this was very freeing because mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know, there's just this kind of a lot of pressure of like, I'm with this person and I need to project forward. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that doing that can sort of like cause you to override your instincts a little bit, you know, like sometimes sure. when you're with a child, you feel like, oh, I know what this child needs, but then there can be this thing of like, oh, but later they're going to need something else. And I feel myself kind of push over that feeling of like, I know what this child needs because yeah. I am trying to meet something that doesn't actually exist yet. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a lot of freedom in being like, this is you and me now mm-hmm. and later is later. Mm-hmm. So the thing about human brain development is like we come into this world as like little tiny like really beautiful, precious little blobs, right? Like mm-hmm. we're just – we're here a little too early because our heads grow too big. They don't like – the growth of a baby head and the size of an adult female birth canal, like they don't match. So we just get born early. That's like mm-hmm. the workaround. <laughs> and that's why they just lay there and like everything's – they just want all those like womb feelings again, you know, like make it dark for me, squeeze mm-hmm. me, hold me really close and tight and like it's just – milk, like learning how to swallow milk and like breathe air and like be, it's so nothing. And you see that in the brain. Like it's very, very smooth in there. Mm. There's no wrinkles. There's no experience. There's no knowledge, right? It's very blank. Wow. And then everything fills in Mm -hmm. from there. But the sort of metaphorically, the brain, brain development happens kind of from the bottom up. Like it the knowledge and experience really stacks on itself. Mm -hmm. So really filling out this bottom layer fully, super fully is really important because the next thing is going to stack on it. Mm. So if I have this tiny little newborn and I'm like, well, you're not going to be able to do this really soon. Like that would seem obviously kind of silly, right? We're like, no, no, you're about to be an infant. So let's go do some infant things. Like, no, we understand very naturally. Like we got to totally do this newborn thing where you just get – really squeezed and really fed and really looked at. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Learn how to swallow this food instead of like taking it in so fast that you – like literally the digestive tract. Like oh, really? the tract is there but they have to practice mm-hmm. letting food go in and not spitting it back out. Like mm-hmm. it's so fundamental. Even, even passing gas, even pooping. Absolutely. Like all of these very, very basic human yes. things. Yes. It's all connected and that's all they're doing. Uh-huh. But you see that. You see it actually in, in like newborn moms being like, well, I don't want them to – only sleep on me. Mm-hmm. So do I be concerned now? Because I actually instinctively like want to hold them a lot yeah. and I want them to sleep on me. But since in a couple months, 
I will need them to sleep in another bed. Do I start having them sleep in another bed Such now? Example. And yeah, and it, it is that thing of like, I want to be ready, but also the instinct right now is actually to hold them. Like yes. you see a lot of new moms being like, I just would really like to hold my baby. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want all these guests to come in the house yeah. and immediately take the baby from me so I can go do something else. Right. I want them to do something else so I can hold this little yeah. guy that I just was growing in me. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. even had a mom ask me before if you can spoil a baby with too much love. Oh, yeah. People say that like, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh no. No, that's no you certainly cannot. Mm-hmm. In fact, they need to feed on this love and adoration mm-hmm. just like they need to feed on some kind of milk. Like mm-hmm. is essential. Mm-hmm. And all you should do with a newborn is just gaze so lovingly mm-hmm. at them and feed them and hold them and squeeze them, right? Totally. And, and um yeah, yes. So you fill that whole layer out because what that newborn needs to know is like I do definitely exist. Mm-hmm. I'm for sure here. Mm-hmm sensation happens all around me so I probably am materially here Mm. right like they don't even they don't even know yeah (laughs) but like enough pressure has happened on my body that I know that there's like okay I'm I am here I don't just vanish away I've now slept gone into the dark place and come back into the light place enough times that I'm starting to expect that when I go into the dark place I will in fact come back again to the place where I'm awake and taking things in right like and when I cry out, something mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. to me and a lot of loving attention is yeah. gazed at me. So I'm probably good. There's positivity mm-hmm. here. This yeah. is like a warm thing I should reach forward, mm-hmm. right? Like that's kind of the whole deal. So I can swallow and I can mm-hmm. poop and I get right. These yeah. so, so, so fundamental. If you missed anything in there, mm-hmm. that would be tough, mm-hmm. right? Like to move on to the next thing with yeah. a gap in that space. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very helpful place to be looking at it because mm-hmm. it's so clear. Like, no, no, these are existential needs. Yeah. In order to exist here, you've got to get this part really thorough. Totally. But it's the same when you're two or when you're three. Mm-hmm. You can, and this is a place where this happens a lot, you can with a two or three-year-old be like, you're going to have to go to kindergarten. So mm-hmm. let me really get a lot of letters into you. Mm-hmm. Let's start practicing with worksheets. Let's start sitting mm-hmm. for longer than you want to sit because mm-hmm. later you're going to have to sit longer than you want to sit. Yeah. And what you might see at the end of that is a child who temporarily seems really advanced because wow. they know a lot of letters and mm-hmm. they know a lot of numbers and mm-hmm. they speak really precociously and they can see that that's what's important to you. So they've practiced pleasing the adult. Right. And so adults feel very pleased by them. Sure. But – what you are actually losing in that child is, for example, could be lots of different kinds sure. of things, exploration and creativity, hmm. right? Like this thing of like making a huge mess, really hmm. exploring with a material until you're fully satisfied that you understand it. Um, the child may start to sort of like stop thinking about their own inside experience because they're getting so much reward from your experience of hmm. them that they yeah. start to sort of organize their inside self around how do I keep performing this well mm-hmm. so that I get this nice, mm-hmm. good feeling sure. rather than being a child who has kind of forgotten about you and spent a lot of time in their inside world and, and brings mm-hmm. that to you when they want information or they want to share and then yeah. you join them in that space and then they kind of leave you on the outside again and, and fill out this inside world. Like these are gaps that you could start to find when it looks like this child yeah. is actually really advanced because you've tried to pull them forward in this way, but now there's like little blocks missing out of this layer Mm -hmm. that was actually really important. And then when you expand that to an adult, maybe you have someone who's, uh, has a hard time taking initiative because they only want to do things that would please others Mm -hmm. or a child who like 
is really focused on their outsides and doesn't feel a lot of value mm -hmm. unless like things look really good from the outside or um, a person who just like doesn't really know how to explore necessarily. Mm -hmm. you, like, you know, you just know people who are like, no, I just do the thing. I don't really think for myself. I don't really ask what sure. I want. I don't really take risks. Like these are just examples of like perhaps this is the way that that Something could like kind of magnify yeah. because we skipped this early mm -hmm. thing. I think the really important thing is whatever stage a child is in, you let them be so fully that because number one, they really need it. Number two, it actually will improve their outcomes. Mm -hmm. Like a child who's really been a two-year-old mm -hmm. is going to do a lot better in the next stage, which is very social three-year-old. Yeah. And a a three-year-old who now has like has really explored themselves and other people and like done the two thing and then the three thing is gonna be a person who has some readiness to learn as they move towards school yeah. which like we talk about okay we're gonna we're gonna move to talking about my favorite thing which is readiness to learn <laughs> readiness to learn in pre-k mm -hmm. like standards there's like school standards for this kind of thing and readiness to learn is like a box you can check okay and right before you go into school, they want to identify it as like, can hold a pencil correctly, has chosen a dominant hand, yes. um, knows some letters, these like really practical things. But these are not things that actually prepare you to learn. Those are the things that you were going to learn anyway. Mm. Actual readiness to learn is a confidence inside yourself to say like, I can be here. Yeah. I know a little bit about my inside world. I'm willing to go out and interact with other people mm. in a social way, take some social risks. I'm willing to try things yeah. that I don't know if I'm already good at. So when a teacher calls and asks, like, does anybody know this thing? I'm willing to say like, oh, I know. Or when I don't know how to do something, I know how to be like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. These things, like this is learning. Yeah. Um, decision making. Would you go, go be free in the classroom, child? Mm -hmm. Like so, there are kids who stand completely still oh, yeah. when you set them free. They have no clue what mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. It's more terrifying than anything to be sure. told like, do whatever you want, buddy. Mm -hmm. And the child just looks back at me like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. I made yeah. a world for you. And they're like, mm -mm. what do you want me wow. to do? Yeah. Like that, a lot of times that is the most precocious kid in the room who's like, I can meet all your expectations. And I'm like, go be free. And they're like, uh-uh. I can't do that. You tell me yeah. what to do so that I can do it right for you. Interesting. <sighs> Readiness to learn. I hate it as an educational category and I love it as a phrase. So okay. if you ever run into that phrase, take it super literally. Mm. Like what would my child need in order to be ready to learn? Yeah. And I'm here to argue <laughs> that it is they were really a one-year-old all the way. Mm -hmm. And they like rubbed rubbed whatever slimy thing mm -hmm. all the way up and down their arms and got all these sensory experiences. They put everything in their mouth when mm -hmm. they were little and you picked out the dangerous things. Yeah. Instead of being like, don't ever put anything in your mouth, kid. Sure. You know, like really yeah. considered what is what is important for them to not do and then mm -hmm. everything else they got to really explore and then they were really two and they had really had those feelings and they, mm -hmm. ugh, they did all the two-year-old things. They knocked on every proverbial door. Can yeah. I get through this one? Can I get through this one? Can I get through this one? And they learned about all the edges and they learned that it was safe to go out there and explore and then when they hit the edge, like, oh, uh -uh, come back and there's a safe person to come back to. Mm -hmm. And then they were three and they really played with friends and they really played with social dynamics and imaginary things. And they like used all that new creative power to like 
make worlds out of Legos and sand and, you know, like really had a lot of power inside and, and they got to use their bodies and they jumped and they ran and they crashed and they skinned their knees and they climbed up things that were too high for them. And they felt their own feeling of, oh, uh oh, I think this is too high for me. And then they got back down instead of being like, is this too high for me, mom? Like those are the kids who slip. Mm. are the ones who like the parent is like ah, 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 yeah. adding a lot of agitation. the parent is thinking for them and the yes. kid hasn't been able to think. Inside their own yeah. body. Interesting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. test it, really yeah. testing everything. Like these are the things that bring you self-confidence, an understanding of self, the ability to make decisions, creative problem solving, keep you in touch with your general creativity. Yeah. Like that's readiness to learn. Yeah. So that's my school argument. Mm-hmm. I do not think that you bring school forward. And I do think that's one of the big things. It's one of the big places that's like a source of this question in parents yeah. is like, how do they be ready for school? And a lot of teachers um, don't have great perspective about the whole child. Mm-hmm. Teachers think about their classroom mm-hmm. and what a child needs in order to be ready for their classroom or function well inside this classroom. But this classroom is not life. Mm-hmm. This classroom is a place for like information transfer and hopefully some social skills and stuff. Yeah. But like the wholeness of a child's growth is not really supported in classrooms usually. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher is totally an expert on what's going to happen in class and a really valuable resource. But mm-hmm. you got to know, like, I want my kid to do well in your class, but it's way more important to me that my kid is, like, a whole person. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, school – I feel that school readiness just trickles down and down and down and down. And it's this thing of, like, well, he's not going to know how to sit down for five hours. And mm-hmm. being like, yeah, it's a really tough thing even for the kindergartner to do. Sure. Let's certainly not put that burden on the four-year-old mm-hmm. and then the three-year-old before mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Like, let's really let these kids be exactly where they are because it is valuable for them. It does improve their long-term outcomes. And it's their only chance, mm-hmm. right? They only get to be three. They only get to be one. Mm. They only get to be the baby gnawing on your finger because they don't have teeth right now. Right. They're going to get the teeth and you're going right. to have to make them You'll stop because it's it. naturally yeah. going to start to hurt you. Yeah. So if that's what they want to do and you like it and it feels good, like you mm. let that baby toothless little gum yeah. all over your finger. Sure. Yeah. It's a baby. Let it sure. be the baby right yeah. now while it can be. Yeah. It's, it's like maybe our instinct to want to protect from everything is to kind of anxiously anticipate the next thing and Mm -hmm. try to be there and also be here and like somehow it helps us and what I'm hearing you say is like no like yes yes when we get there we'll deal yeah but here be here what do you need Mm -hmm. right here right now if when that little baby bites on your nipple does that hurt if it hurts then we stop it Mm -hmm. if you're okay and baby's feeding and it just seems to be part of them learning how to eat and them kind of interacting with you with the means that they have to interact with you Mm -hmm. you do it until it doesn't work anymore that's the thing I say all the time you do what works until it doesn't and that's so I think healthy for both mom and little one something I was thinking about while you were talking back when we were kind of touching on the little tiny baby stage and like Mm -hmm. all the hugging and loving and snuggling it's like something flagged in me of what I felt like when I was a NICU mom. And then what I hear now from NICU moms is this sense of like, oh no, there was this stage while my baby was in the Mm -hmm. NICU where I didn't get to do all the looking and the holding. And sometimes we can't even touch. There was a time where like touch needed to be minimal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I guess I just want to like speak to you for a second. Yeah. I feel like when we've gone through something like that, it's a bit traumatic and it kind of makes uh, like even the fact that I thought of it is because I went through it. But also now we have quite a lot of NICU moms in our circle. One of them has twins in the NICU in this moment. Um, and there is this fear of like, oh no, am I not building the bottom layer right. that then everything will build on? And do I have to be because of this piece that didn't go as planned? do I worry now for mm. later? And so I just want to like speak peace over you that if your baby is in the NICU because something, because baby came prematurely or because baby is developing in some way and not yet safe to go home, then what you're doing to build that bottom layer is trusting and working alongside this medical team that's caring for your baby. Yeah. And it's the right move. And it is mm -hmm. building the bottom layer. And mm -hmm. when these babies get home safe to you, then you do all the next things, which yeah. is the holding, snuggling, everything. Um, but just, yeah, I, I just felt to speak that into yeah. even like there's a there's a stressor that happens if like it's your second or third baby who's in the NICU. And so you can't even be there all the time. So they're not getting your voice and they're mm -hmm. not getting your eyes. And that can be a really distressing thing. And then uh, the reason why it goes along with this is because then our minds jump to yes. how is this going to affect them later? And we just want to come back to now and like, mm -hmm. what do you need to do to get through now? And how can we trust that this little baby is going to be exactly who this baby needs to be with all the love and support you're going to give it, yeah. um, him or her? There was something else you said that was really, oh, just made me think of like a tree or a plant. Like when we plant a seed, we aren't actually able to make it grow. Like that's not the power that we have. Mm -hmm. um, there, There is some sort of power that makes things grow. Um, according to your worldview, you have a name for it. And part of this parenthood thing and part of being a caregiver even is knowing that what we're doing is kind of tending to the environment, but we're tending to the actual seed as it is right now. Yeah. So if if we have, let's take it to plants, like if we have a little plant, then we're caring for the little plant. We're not treating the little plant mm -hmm. as if it's a big plant. When it's a big plant, we're going to deal with big plant issues. So maybe it's overgrowth or, you know, like there's, there's things that happen with plants that you have to, maybe you have to move them to a different pot. Maybe you have to shift the way they're growing or add yeah. that stick thing or like you do all <laughs> the things, but it would be a little bit silly if we planted a seed and then immediately started to be like in a bit of a frenzy over when that thing gets bigger. Mm -hmm. And so what is appropriate is like, okay, what can I do right now to make this environment healthy? Yeah. Oh, cool. There's it's not that many things actually. It's pretty simple. Right. And then as it grows, you stay in touch with that plant, meaning you look at it, <laughs> you're aware of it. <laughs> Does it look crispy? Is yeah. it like, you know, and then you make the modifications appropriately. But again, you're not the, the one growing it. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're, you're nurturing it, but growth is happening because that's the design for this thing. Yeah. And same goes for our little ones. We feel so responsible to grow these guys and to really be like, it is up to us. And sometimes it, that even feels like it's put on us. Like you bring the baby to the doctor and they do the weighing and the measuring. And then they immediately look to you, mom, like, well, how many times are you feeding it? You know, like mm -hmm. if something's off, well, what are you doing, mom? Mm -hmm. And so there is that pressure, but you're a very responsible, loving parent. Yeah. And all you can do is the best you can do with the stage you're in right now. Yeah. 
and we're not going to try and jump to the next one. And when we do, it's what I'm hearing is like, it doesn't actually go well, even if immediately it looks like it is because they're like parroting back to you these things, these letters or these numbers, like it needs to come in the time when they can actually grasp it. Yes. I love what you're saying, both in bringing it back to the, like the NICU, but then also the trees. Like I feel like those are, I have a connector thought for both of those even. Like, first of all, everybody's layer mm-hmm. is their layer. Mm-hmm. This is not like ideal human growth at mm-hmm. this layer of brain development. There's some universal stuff that like that like we need as a species. Um, but every everybody's layer grows in its own way, right? Everyone is their very own one-year-old. No one has ever had the same one-year-old twice and no two parents have ever, like, right? Mm-hmm. This is its own deal. So whatever that ground layer is for your child, perfect. Yeah. That's perfect for them. Trees experience lots of stuff early on that cause them to grow this way Mm. or that way. And some of them get pushed over by storms when they're little. So they start out growing over to the side and then, oh, up they curve back toward the sun later. Mm -hmm. Right. And they straighten themselves out where sometimes somebody comes along and props something up so that the tree doesn't fall over. Because yeah, it did kind of grow wonky for that little piece. But now look, oh, we fixed it and what a healthy tree. And it just needs a little more support over here Mm -hmm. because of its very personal experiences of the way that it grew at the beginning. And that's totally okay. Yeah. And you can go back and put in those supports, right? You can notice, oh, my tree is growing off to the side, but I want it to be this giant strong oak tree. Mm -hmm. So you build up one of those little, those little like, um, you know, you put a thing around it. Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned for our gardening podcast. (laughs) You put that thing around it so that it grows tall and strong. And if you're looking, you're listening to this, looking at your three-year-old being like, dang it, Mm. this child has not learned Mm -hmm. how to creatively generate ideas about play or exploration on their own. Like, Mm. oh my gosh, my child is totally tidy. They never do get their clothes dirty. They hold really still. They do, you know, like you're like looking at them being like, oh, interesting. I showed this person what was going to get them like this fun social connection. And so they're just doing that. We got to now circle back and round them out a little bit. You can absolutely make Mm -hmm. shifts with your child and be like, okay, you and me are going to learn how to do some messy playing here together, kid. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start giving you more choices to make with a lot of support because now mm-hmm. I realize like, oh, oh, decisions are really are really hard for you. think I've been making all your decisions for you. Totally. Yikes. Now we're going to have to practice something a little different to just help round out that part of yourself. It's not like Even it's with over. plants though, it's like spotting a dead branch. I mean, mm-hmm. like, oh, let me trim this one yes. off because new growth will come. Yes. You look at something that's not working, don't freak out. Just, all right, we're going to actually not do it like that yeah. anymore. And then oh, something uh-huh. new and beautiful comes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. People talk about, um, there's a way that people kind of can dismiss children's experiences, especially like more challenging or negative ones by being like, "Eh, kids are resilient. Kids are elastic. Mm -hmm. It's like a thing that just kind of got into our language sometimes. And that's both of those statements are true. Kids are resilient and kids are elastic. That does not mean (laughs) that gnarly circumstances don't affect them or that if you have to like uproot their life and move them to a new city. It's just, it's just fine. You know, mm-hmm. they're gonna, they'll figure it out. They will figure it out. Mm-hmm. They want a lot of support mm-hmm. when gnarly things happen. What it actually means that children are elastic means that they can be going in one direction for a really long time, even if it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have some like pretty bad early experiences. And then if that shifts and then you go for a long time in this new direction, this new direction is going to become the norm for them. But there's a consistency here Mm -hmm. that is not – people sometimes want to just like 
jump back and like jerk kids around a little bit sometimes and then be like, it's going to be okay because they're elastic, you know? Yeah. We move all the time or like there's a lot of fighting in our house or there's a lot of whatever this weird yeah, whatever it is and I, that can get kind of swept away by saying that they're elastic and also um, on a less intense level like in terms of is it going to be confusing for this child if later they're not allowed to bite people when right now they are allowed to bite me. What would be confusing would be one day to the next, they gum on your finger and it's fine. And then another day you're like, ugh, I don't like that. Mm. You know, like in that same stage sure. where you guys are just like the, – the confusion would come from a lack of consistency in a direction. Mm -hmm. You may absolutely change directions at any time mm -hmm. and then provide consistency in this other direction. And there will be some um, – there's going to need to be support in the transition. Mm -hmm. But that new direction becomes the new direction for them. And that's what elasticity is. Yeah, um, There's a – a neurological component to that that I honestly don't understand well enough to explain, but, but I know that yeah, it yeah. exists. No, it's real. Where like elasticity and brain development does mm -hmm. allow for these changes in direction, mm -hmm. but then there needs to be consistency in the new direction. Mm -hmm. So if you miss something early on or you notice there's a gap or there was a traumatic birth experience or, or any other kind of big life event, like for any of those reasons and you feel like, oh, uh oh, there might be like a gap or a struggle here, that's mm -hmm. totally fine. Mm -hmm. You can now shift like the way of an interact the way an interaction goes or provide new support that mm -hmm. now that's your new kind of consistency and yeah. fill some of that back in so yeah. i'm glad you brought that up i that's really wouldn't good. ever want anybody to be like oh dang now there's just these holes in my kid sure yeah no that's so good and it's when when we think about all of the things we're trying not to confuse our kids on because i i hear this come up too in calls it's like well if they're allowed to do this now won't this be confusing later or if i say like this happened, I think we were on a call together, like a mom has to give the child instruction, but then the mom's mm -hmm. like second guessing herself because she's like, but then the kid's not allowed to mm -hmm. like talk to me like that or something right. like that. Basically where my mind goes is like all along this journey of us raising these kids, there's going to be things that change all the time as they develop yeah. and as our relationship develops. And so kind of like a funny analogy in my head is like, what if I'm already going, well, isn't it confusing that I tell my kids they can only sit in the back seat in a car seat when one day they're actually going to drive? Like, shouldn't I, should I jump ahead? No, obviously, obviously I wouldn't jump ahead. Mm -hmm. They are not ready. Yeah. I am not ready. It, there's so many things that go in between and it's not going to be that one day my kid's learning to drive and then being like, this is this is very confusing, right. mom, because you used to have me sit in the backseat and now, now you're going to let me drive this car. I am very confused. Mm -hmm. No. In time, things become clear. Yeah. So we're not afraid of them biting the friends they don't have because they don't have friends. They don't, they, have don't, they don't have teeth. They don't have friends. They don't like so many things have to happen yeah. before we get to the spot you're not crazy for asking that question. That's a real question. Oh, My point is just we can make ourselves absolutely crazy doing that all the time because so many things are going to shift in our relationship with our kids. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you take it all the way out to life, life, life. Like some point in our lives, our kids are going to be caring for us. That's very confusing. Yes. But that's – this is like life is is this, right? And so you just – you live the rhythm of like what is right now? What's what's happening in your life? How do you do that to the fullest you can do it? And then in six months to a year, you're going to be in a different stage, especially with young kids because they develop so quickly. Mm -hmm. And then you do it according to that stage. And yeah. it's it's beautiful and you're doing great and it's, you know, it's going to have its own challenges. But you don't have to try to be in the 
way future stages Mm -hmm. while also trying to live in this one. That's like, it's too much. It's too much for any of us, especially if you add more than one child. How are you going to (laughs) be in the future and the present for all of these kids? That's too much. Even though we do it instinctively to like protect everybody and we don't like the uncertainty. We want to try and do everything right now because it feels like an equation. Like if we do this plus this, then it equals healthy child Uh Uh thriving, right? And that's what we want. Um, But I I guess what I'm hearing from you is this sense of like healthy child thriving or healthy adult thriving, even like longer term, is going to come back to us doing our best, us doing good enough (laughs) (laughs) in this stage we're in all along the way, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Take some pressure off, honestly, for me. Pressure off, yeah. And um, confusing is kind of part of growth mm-hmm. for very young children. Mm. That's part of what they're doing. They're kind of confused a little bit all the time because mm. they don't know anything. They're sure. learning everything there is to know. So even when they're trying to walk, it's like, I feel like I should be able to stand up and I cannot. And I'm very confused about that. And mm-hmm. I'm crying because totally. I can see the table and my hands are on it. And yet I cannot push up with my legs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like confusing right. is a big part of growth. And that's true in social growth as well. So your toddler is going to encounter circumstances where certain things are allowed and then they're going to be in a new environment and that thing's not going to be allowed. Mm-hmm. That is frustrating. Yeah. And it is confusing. And part of what they're doing is learning how to tolerate frustration and confusion, which is really important. A lot of us um, did not get enough of learning how to deal with that feeling of frustrating and confusing because the world is frustrating and confusing. Mm -hmm. I currently am allowed to do things in one place that I'm not allowed to do in other places and in some relationships and not in other relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of, part of that's just real. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually really confusing to just be a person and learn how to do things. And so it is okay to some degree that your very young child is experiencing a little bit of that. That makes sense. And that needs to be like as like kind of minimal, Mm -hmm. you know, like you look for how do I make this You're not trying to confuse them. (laughs) As clear for them as possible, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it's going to be, oh, sorry, buddy. I know we can that's do that confusing. at home, but we're yeah. not going to be able to do it here. I know that's confusing. It's yeah. okay that this doesn't yeah. feel good to you right now. That's right. Sorry about that. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that mm-hmm. is going to be the pattern for a lot of their life experiences and that's totally okay. Mm. And even in doing that, part of what you're teaching them is like, it's okay to not feel okay all the time, mm. which is another thing that a lot of adults are missing that I really struggle with. Like when I don't feel okay, I'm like, we got to freaking fix this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where like ideally there would be a feeling of like, oh, this feeling of discomfort I'm having, that's a feeling. I don't like it, but only a part of me is having that. Like a part of me feels (laughs) uncomfortable and that feeling is going to move through me and my circumstances are going to change and there are things I can do for myself even while I'm experiencing discomfort. Like all of that is stuff that totally already exists in your toddler dynamic and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's even a note about being an adult who's able to be like, this is what stage I'm in. I'm 32. Mm-hmm. I worry a lot about if I'm going to be 45 and be like, oh no, I missed the things I wanted to do in my life. But I'm See? not 45. I'm right now. Sure. And in order to have and feel the way I want to feel when I'm 45, like I can only do that today, right? Like I just... There's the only time that exists is right now, right? right? Like we've already done a bunch of stuff and presumably you'll go home later and there will be kids and you'll hang out with Becca and, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is all that's this actual, all this is it. Yeah, so right. any version of future me experiencing pleasure or being something that I want to be, like all of that is embedded in right now. Mm-hmm. 
how do I want to be right now? I want to be in this conversation with you, doing a good job, making sure this equipment is working, but also being present <laughs> yeah, and enjoying yeah. this coffee. Sure. Right? Like me really savoring this coffee mm-hmm. feeds into my ability to enjoy my life. I'm more likely to enjoy my life later if I make sure that I'm like noticing and tasting this sip. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It like brings, brings up a little something in me of like there – there's a part of me and I think there's a part of us as people that is constantly over there, like constantly somewhere else, mm-hmm. often in the future, sometimes in the past, mm-hmm. um, and thinking like if we just do this, that, and the other thing, whether it's like acquiring stuff or arriving to a certain point of success or our child arriving to a certain point of sleeping or something, mm-hmm. then we will start to savor it. Right. This life. Like we will, then we will feel like, oh yeah, whew, yeah, I'm here. But I don't know. I, I think that if we are never in the, in the habit or like we never create some intentionality around being here now and letting that be enough for us today, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we would arrive to some of those places we think will bring us all of this stuff we're looking for. And we would still be so future-minded that we won't even see it. And so, yeah, some of it I think is also just like taking it in and a bit of surrender to like, I'm here today and my kids are like this today. And uncertainty is is really hard for everybody. So we all feel that, that Mm -hmm. this uncertainty about life and we're trying to make things certain because that feels less scary and it just doesn't work at all. Unfortunately, no amount of money is going to save us from the uncertainty. It just is still going to be like that. And so, yeah, I think that that's also very like precious wisdom for us in this community is like be here in this stage you're in. And if it's really stinking hard, you're doing so good. It's not going to stay like this. The thing about the stages is they do pass. Um, But as much as you can be here and look for ways to experience some goodness in it, then when we get to the next one, we're going to be primed and ready to receive the goodness in that stage as yes. well. And um, it all it all builds on each other, yeah. which I guess is the whole point of this. I think so. Yeah. 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 So whatever stage your child is in now, there of course are edges to that stage too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not overindulging children just being like, anything you want right now because I'm being with yeah, you, right? right? Like there are still edges. Uh-huh. Um, but – the edges that you like where where you show them the line of like nope this is what we're not doing mm-hmm. those should be things that don't work now not i'm drawing rules about the future because in a year you'll go to school and you'll have to yes. sit for hours yep. so today you have to sit yep. for hours so there are super hard no's yeah <laughs> and there are things you have to do right mm-hmm. you have to be nourished. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to go to sleep. You may not go into the street. Mm -hmm. You may not claw at my face. Mm -hmm. Not because I don't want you to claw at other children's faces, but because you're not allowed to hurt my face. You may not. Uh Um, Right? So there are some really, really clear, absolutely nots. But I think there should be as few of those as possible. They should be really reasonable and make sense and be things that actually protect you. Yeah. And kind of everything else is like, yeah. Yeah. Explore inside this circle that I'm drawing with my arms of the absolutely no, because those things don't work now. You may not now do these things. And later, if those edges move, cool. They're absolutely going to, right? The edges will absolutely move and expand as a child gets older and is able to manage more things. Makes sense. And that's good. Mm -hmm. And- these edges are no, whatever they are, uh-uh, no, yeah. now, <laughs> and everything inside, so let's do it, mm-hmm. be you. 
That's great. Cool. Do cool. you feel, does that feel satisfied? Do you feel complete? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I felt like while you were talking, there was one thing that came up that was going to be a question. I was going to, oh, there is. Here's a question I'm asking for myself, but I feel like others might agree. Okay. What do you think about all the sitting kids have to do in school? This is more like from an educational side yeah. of things because it feels weird to me as mom to watch my kids go from like summertime, which is like they somehow wake up running yeah. and they just <laughs> run until bedtime mm -hmm. to going to school where actually my daughter's school has a no running rule, no running even at recess, which I'm like, don't you think that would actually serve you guys if she was running at recess? I feel mm -hmm. like she'd be much more chill in class. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just wonder like from an educator's side of things, do you – are you down with the system? No, <laughs> because it, it seems – Yeah, I do too. I, two, I have two thoughts about okay, it. One is, one is your child has to go to school by law. So yeah. So educate your educate children. Them. Obviously don't go yeah. to jail. And also um, public school is the – it's the most accessible childcare in the whole wide world yeah, and right. people need childcare and yeah. great. Do yeah. you do whatever works for your family Yeah. and all of the like big opinions I'm about to share, sure. they do not mean don't send sure. your kid to school. Don't sure. do what you need. Right. They just, yeah. my kids are in public school. If you were wondering. Yeah. yeah. If mm -hmm. I have children, they may go to public school. This yeah. is not a, and my, mine may eventually not be in public school. I have no, mm -hmm. all I know is that right now in this stage where yep. I am here, yep. <laughs> they are in public school. Yeah. And okay. great. Yeah. The kids are healthy, are healthy and thriving yeah. and everything's yeah. good. So but I do wish they I feel could run formula and grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, right. Like perfect. feed your, feed your kid. Feed your kid. And what do I think is like optimal yeah, for me. humans? Uh -huh. I think that school sucks. I okay. think sitting for kids sucks. Mm -hmm. I think it's the worst. Mm -hmm. I even, now that I reflect on preschool teaching, the, the style of the school that I was in, it was there was some structure to it and then a lot of free play. And where I'm at now, I'm like, I'm never, I will never ask a two-year-old who doesn't want to sit down mm. to sit down ever again. Maybe when they're eating food, maybe. Okay. I might not even care about that anymore. Okay. But these like group time, circle time situation, sure. mm -mm, there's no more for me. Like I That's just so think cool. that all growth – I think that children come ready in the world like with a preset in our brain and in our body to figure out what we need to know in life. Mm -hmm. And I want them to be in a world that is rich in all the things I want them to discover. I think it's amazing to have an adult in a classroom because I know all the cool shit in the world and mm -hmm. I want to show them, right? Like they don't know to learn about volcanoes. Yeah. Volcanoes are amazing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. And I love to present to you the option right. <laughs> to know about hot lava yeah. and to know that it's under <laughs> your feet at all times. That's so cool. Yeah. And that's the adult's job right. is to be like, oh, uh oh, you hit one of the danger edges and yeah. Do you want to know about something really cool that you couldn't possibly know about? Like yeah. I, have, I have, I'd like to introduce you. Totally. And then they do it. Everything, all I believe that all learning happens in the body and in the hands. And our education system wants to cut your brain away from your body and try to put stuff at your brain as though your brain is not a physical material organ. They want to say like, you have a mind and we just want to talk to whatever your metaphysical mind is and pretend that you don't live in something mm -hmm. that needs stuff. Mm -hmm. And so most education is just like so separate from actual knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like there's a way to teach math that happens in your body mm -hmm. and it happens through like utilizing tools and measuring things and using numbers for actual quantities of stuff that you can see 
or a purpose. Mm -hmm. I need this many screws in order to put this thing together. Mm -hmm. So go count the number of screws. Okay, now we're going to make two of these. So go Mm -hmm. double the amount of screws that I need, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a way that like learning could happen that's integrated into your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that creates a much, again, back to like a whole human thing, Mm -hmm. utilizing the whole part of your brain. And then also the thing that you're making is useful for something. And also you're making it with someone else. So your social skills are building as you guys work on a project together. You know, like Mm -hmm. these are the ways that like cements learning, like trying to separate learning from your senses is Mm -hmm. just silly. We don't store things without like the, the utilization of our senses. And so, um, I think it's dumb and I don't want little children to be sitting like that. And I don't, I don't know how other versions of education work. Like I'm not the person with the solution at all, but I know there are lots of cool people out in lab schools and in other countries Mm -hmm. and, um, in experimental spaces Mm -hmm. that like are churning out people who just are their, their knowledge is integrated into their whole self a little more as Mm -hmm. opposed to this thing of like, let's really try to memorize. Let's really try to sit still. Yeah. Almost no children need to be sitting still. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are little children who can do it better than others. And Mm -hmm. so we think we're catering to their learning style. I don't think it's helping any children anywhere to be sitting and trying to just take something in through their eyes and like mind. Mm -hmm. I love that. I would love to hear from you guys on this because this is so like this is the stuff I think about a lot because once you start having kids of school age or like you're approaching it, mm-hmm. this is be this is the this is the stuff. Yeah, I would really love to hear from you. How are you guys going to do school for your mm-hmm. kids if you haven't started already? What style of education are you homeschooling? Public school, private school, charter school, Waldorf, Montessori, mm-hmm. forest school? Like, there's guys, so much out there. School, though. I know. Whoa, forest. School. Yeah, there's forest school here, but it is very expensive to be in the forest. Sure. It's a probably, yeah, it's got to be an LA forest thing. Those things are pricey. <laughs> um, anyway, cool. That's all. We're done. Amazing. We did it. We nailed it. Love it. You guys are doing so good. so good. We really believe in you and would love to hear from you. So please leave comments, write us, DM us, join mm-hmm. the community, hop on the Zoom calls that we do. We'd love to know you and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.